right. So we got a uh, Market Brandon here again. What up? Scoop TV, little special. We're gonna we're gonna kind of break down USC's new schedule that came out. Kind of talk about little ins and outs. Uh, some of the stuff that you know went on at the press conference at Larry Scott and. Uh, David Shaw and Yogi Roth and a couple others. Uh, Dr. Ackerman, I believe his name was, uh, who was part of the part of the advisory committee. Uh, so you know, Brandon and I thought we would just jump on here for a little bit and you know, kind of talk about uh, what took place yesterday um, when the new Pac-12 conference-only schedule was released. Um, so I guess my first question for you, Brandon. Um, do you think this is even a, a real possibility that we're going to have the season? You know, I don't know if you're aware of this, um, you know, because I kind of asked you to do this last minute. Right after the Pac-12 press conference uh, yesterday, uh, Mike Bone, um, literally, it, so he, he put out a letter. Um, it was kind of co-written, co-drafted with the UCLA athletic director, uh, Mike Jarman. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about the potential to delay uh, this first game, which, by the way, USC and UCLA will be opening the season against each other. <laughs> right, right. Um, because, um, you know, right now we still have to wait for Governor Newsom to freaking tell everybody, yeah, we can still, you know, play the games. Right, yes. Um, so even though the Pac-12 conference has their schedule in place, We've got Governor Newsom still telling California on lockdown. So on that, you know, long-winded question, Brandon. Um, your thoughts? Uh, I mean, first off, thank you for having me on the show tonight, Mark. No worries. Man. And um, it, I, I'm excited that they have a schedule out. I think it's definitely a possibility, if I had to put a percentage on it, to start, I'd say – there's a 60, let's call it 60 to 70, 70% chance to okay. start. I don't, I'm not going to say that start on time. I'm going to just say to start. Well, like I said, you know, right after the, you know, the Pac-12 releases their, their schedule. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Mike Bone had this letter drafted and released to, you know. And I did see that letter by Mike Bone. I did see that. Right. It was just almost like kind of pump your brakes type of thing. Right, right. Um, so it's like, you know, who should we be listening to right now? The one positive I got out of that letter was, you know, maybe, and I'm, in, I'm inferring from it, but our athletic department wants to play. Right. And they feel handcuffed by the politics of this whole thing. Agree, disagree? I definitely agree with that. You know, I think the players want to play. I think the coaches want to play. I think the administration wants to play. The fans definitely want them to play. Uh, it's more of, like you said, to do with politics at this point, uh, government restrictions uh, for different regions. But as far as UCLA and USC starting the season, I think it's great. You know, I, I've seen so many fans in uproar, like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Da, 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 da. I'm like, yo, start off the season by, you know, putting an ass whooping on your rivals. I'm all about that. You know, I guess that is a positive out of that. Um, you know, if you're looking for, you know, how do you get up for this game? Because, uh, you know, it's definitely you got to kind of shift your focus from you thought you were playing Alabama. Right. I mean, outside of any out-of-conference out game, what other game are you going to get up for? I mean, I, 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 I don't care what condition UCLA is. I always get up for USC-UCLA. 
Absolutely. You know, we can, I, I can make the jokes and I, I have been, that, you know, SC is opening up with a scrimmage, you know, and right. I guess you see Davis found a way to stay on the schedule type right. of thing. And, and I'm going to be honest with USC fans. It's probably better that we're catching UCLA early in the season. Cause if, you know, going from last year, DTR got hot towards the end of last year. True. So let's okay. see him, let's see him early, get him out the way, and and then well, let's make let let me play closer. the other side of that. Let me play devil's advocate. Okay. DTR, he's one of those I'm going to make something out of nothing quarterbacks. And UCLA's offense right now is kind of a what is it offense? Yeah. USC's defense hasn't had a chance yet to play together, and this is a new defense. This is this is. So it, does that kind of balance the scales there? Uh, yeah, when you put it that way, it definitely does. Um, but even though this is a new defensive scheme, there are a lot of veteran players on the team. So I think that, you know, gives us a little bit of an edge when you talk about that matchup. Yeah, and, and you know, let's be honest, or, you know, I can kind of be sarcastic about it. Name UCLA's skill players right now that, you know, go – I know they, the one, they got the, the Coda receiver that I, I kind of liked. Okay. Um, one. If you can come up with three, you got two more than – You know, it's funny. I always look at their roster, and I'm like, yo, we didn't recruit any of these guys. <laughs> I'm like, yo, where did they find these guys? These aren't even like our A and B C list players. People are complaining about USC's recruiting. So, you know, <laughs> grass isn't yeah. always greener, fellas. No. Nah. No, definitely not. Chase Coda, that's his name. That's the one receiver I can right. think of off the top of my head. Right, right. But they got um, some other guys. I know they got some other guys. So it looks like the soonest fall camp could open would be August 17th. Okay. Um, but, again, we're kind of on a – in a holding pattern right now until right. we're told by you know, the powers that be that, yeah, you guys can go to school and act like college kids. Yeah, Safely. I think that for me, once Safely. I think once they give an idea of when practices could like real football practice can start, then we'll know, okay, this is how close we are to a season. Like, yeah, it's a good we're, we're moving in the right direction, having them on campus, uh, working out. Um, I've been following USC's uh, COVID testing and uh, they've been clean so far. The one test that was uh, a positive test this week was a kid who hadn't got on campus yet. So he hadn't worked out with anybody um, or a staff member. They, they're not specific with who it is, specifically at uh, Test Pop. Yeah, it's just a student athlete at USC. Right, whoever it was, uh, he hadn't been around any any of his peers. So, you know, they just put him in self-quarantine. And, you know, once he, I, I believe it's two negative tests, then you can come uh, and start and get back into the workout flow or begin your workouts for this gentleman. Yeah, correct. So. I mean, you know, the, it, it seems to be working. But the thing about it, I mean, college football is a little bit better. You're able to keep young athletes in somewhat of a bubble on campus. Um, I think but, the trick is is keep having them maintain the protocol. Yes. Not deviate, not act the fool yes. and think, you know what, I'm going to sneak off to a frat or a sorority party and think no. no one's going to hear about it. it. You can't do it. You just – right and, now, discipline is is number one. And, and the That's thing – I think the thing that will differentiate uh, young college athletes from NFL guys is uh, – in the NFL, there's only so many roster spots. 
Right. In college, you got about 100 guys on the team, 85 scholarship guys. Right. If you're willing to take that risk, you're willing to risk the entire season. Because if, especially at a school like USC, you let somebody come in and, and, and fill that void behind you, it's a chance that it, that, that spot's gone. You, you won't get another opportunity at it. So I would hope that these young men, you know, they preached all summer about how bad they want to play football with the wear a mask so we can wear a helmet campaign. Well, right. this is your opportunity. We, you got what you wanted. You got to take care of your end of the deal now. Absolutely. So, and that goes for college athletes all around the country, not just at USC. Absolutely. So, you know, looking at, at, at the schedule, um, do you think it's favorable? Is it unfavorable in U.S., you know, as far as U.S. is concerned? It's going to get tough there at the end. Uh, those yeah. last four are, are, are going to be, you know, <laughs> really the last five. Well, yeah, really the last five because, you know, Washington State, I know Leach is gone, but, you Rolovich. know, our last few matchups with them, they definitely played us tough. So the intimidation factor for USC in those types of games, I, I believe it, it's gone. You know, it – you don't walk in the in the Pullman anymore and just with the Trojan on your helmet expect to come out with a W. Like you really got going there ready to play. Right. Well, they're they're coming to us this year, right? Oh, is that what that means? I thought the gray games were away games. Just a minute. Well, I don't even have it in front of me. We do play. Washington I got the schedule in front of me, and I is UCLA home or away? Away. UCLA is away. Okay, yeah. Then then Washington State is home. Okay, I have my color scheme back. No worries. But so, nevertheless, your point stands. You know, Washington State, Nick Rolovich is bringing that offense that he had at Hawaii over there with him. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it, it could be one of those, you know, whoever has the ball last type of things. Yeah, they're definitely going to throw know. the ball around, that's for sure. And Washington <laughs> State is one of those schools, they always make the best out of whatever they got. Whatever the talent level may be, they know how to make the best out of it. Right. And with their head coach coming from a school like Hawaii, he already has experience in that type of field, so – you know. Yeah, you know, Washington State, Oregon State, you know, those guys, they all, they all play with a chip on their shoulder because they all look at, hey, how come USC didn't offer me? And yeah. Offer and, and now when you go past Washington State, Oregon, Arizona State, Utah, Washington to finish the season, you know, hey, bring it, you got to bring your A game every week. <laughs> so, you know, since you brought up Utah, you, you threw it in there. And I, I don't think you had a chance to watch the the press conference where they were discussing the breakout of the schedule, but I, there was a huge, you know, and we're going to make this one. I'm not safe for work. There was a big what the fuck moment um, when Larry Scott was asked about the Friday Friday night games this year, and he just had it was just one of those punchable face moments where you're just like, his answer literally was he was asked how come we're having Friday night games this year well they're used to it that was real that was his response exactly and that was there was that awkward silence even though nobody was in the room he that that tells me you guys haven't even thought about the fact that should we be having friday night games (laughs) not only that it's just say it we are getting money from tv oh yeah yeah yeah. that's the You know, scheduling, yeah, you're right. Got to get those Friday nights. It's all about it. It's just the fact that they they talk to people now, like we're idiots. Now, like how does that? What I feel like the logistics are already tight dealing with the COVID uh, restrictions and everything. What's that going to do if you take one less day away from a team to prepare? Now, Brandon, talk about the logistics. 
Look at the date of the Utah game. Look at the Friday. It's the day after Thanksgiving. Talk about Black Friday. Okay, and now you're, this whole conversation about the schedule is about the safety and the health of the players and the travel. And, and now during the heaviest time of travel of the year. We already knew, we, we knew coming into this that college football wasn't pushing for anything other than they need this money to stay open. They need this money to stay alive. These colleges are going broke, and without football, they don't know how they're going to pay to stay open. Like I said, the, the whole rationale, the explanation behind it, yeah. it's comical. Because they're used to it. <laughs> it. It's just comical. Um. And then on top of that, you know, when he was asked about, you know, how do you see the season playing out? You know, he basically said um, he anticipates seeing another breakout of this, you know, COVID where, the, you know, players and teams are going to be put in, in situations. Um, I don't know, man. So it's it, an awkward it, conversation. I, I, it's strange to me. I encourage people to watch the press conference. It's about an hour long. We have it on the USC Scoop message site. Please watch it and form your own opinion. I come at it from a very opinionated, biased point of view because I've seen the decisions they, these guys have made. I understand how they're making them. And like I said, it, you just want to shake the guy. You want to punch him in the face sometimes. I mean, well, it's not like Larry Scott has done the best job putting USC or the rest of the Pac-12 in a great position since he's taken over. Um, yeah. Everybody raved that the Pac-12 network was coming, and then you can't even get it on any major cable subscriber. So. And he's responsible for not only the Pac-12 conference, he's also in charge of the Pac-12 network. So, again, <laughs> the, why are we having Friday night games this year of all years? Yeah. Well, you've got all these bye weeks built in. You've got all this flexibility in the schedule built in in case right. – Games have to be postponed. Why even schedule a Friday night game or a Thursday night game? It's not necessary this year. It's just the lack of foresight. It's just, like you said, it's all about money. That's what I said. It's all about money. So, no, yeah, I definitely feel you on that one. I think uh, the dollar bills are speaking pretty loudly for a lot of these schools right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what it comes down to is, you know, people have to make travel plans if they're even going to be allowed to go to the games. Right. And now you're going to have people trying to, you know, get airfare and hotels and what's available, what's not. I feel like at this point they need to nix the fans. <laughs> the games. Just They should just call it. Hey, no fans at the games this year. Basketball is in the bubble. Baseball is no fans. I think that if you try to mitigate it per area and, like, what about for, for somewhere like Atlanta, where I know they already said they're planning on having fifteen to 20,000 fans for the Falcons games this year. Now, if they have 40,000 season ticket holders, how do you decide whose season tickets are the ones that get processed that year? So here would be my compromise. Uh, for every – whoever is hosting the game, um, only local fans can attend. I don't know how you enforce that, yeah. but, you know, you don't, like you said, if this is all about restricting travel and trying to, you know, keep social distancing all right. this in play, 
you, we, there's, there has to be a happy medium somewhere. Right. I mean, if, if they're, right now they're talking about only allowing, you know, up to 20% capacity anyways. And we still don't know about that because, again, that's up to our locally elected officials. Yeah, local governments. And right. Well, schools aren't even really making the decision on these things right now. Yeah. So, you know, and it's very unfortunate for a city like Vegas where I'm at. You know, we got this beautiful stadium that they just finished construction on. And, you know, they had a, a press conference on the news. They were relying – they were relying heavily on the traffic for those games coming into the state to, you know, pay a lot of this hotel money and transportation. And, you know, that was going that's a big part of the economy. They thought that they felt that that would be a big boost to the Vegas economy overall. And that's something that we got to do without this year. Cause I, I believe Mark Davis has already said he's anticipating pretty, pretty sure no fans at Raider games this year. Really? Yeah. Okay. See, and that's, again, Vegas would be a, a really challenging place exactly. to enforce any type of, you know, attendance rule because it's such a transient, I mean, it, it's a growing community, but. <laughs> no, this, 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 this entire economy is based on travel and entertainment. That's right. what we do here. Absolutely. And, and yeah. they don't want to touch it right now because it's hanging on by a thread. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> what would you do? Okay, so now if we're in a situation where a game ha is potentially has to be canceled or postponed because X amount of players on the team are, are testing positive, mm -hmm. where's that line in the sand? I don't know. It seems a lot more difficult uh, from a football perspective. I mean, with baseball, you have so many games. They're playing 60 games, so if you play every day. So – I mean, I don't know how long they plan on doing the whole entire team quarantines. Well, the Pac-12 conference doesn't have an answer to this question either. <clears throat> so, I mean, they had, they had a doctor who was on this panel during the press conference. He was asked, and he you know, kind of gave a thousand-yard stare and a hand and a, a hod. And it's like, yeah, we don't know. <laughs> I mean, how can you know, though? Uh, I just feel like once you – once you play a week, you have to go back. So that's two teams that have possible exposure who possibly have to postpone their games. So that's four teams. Well, what if it's just one team, though? That's the thing. What if it's just one team? Well, you know, that's what I'm saying. So, But they're going to go back and, and possibly right. I mean, here, okay. their opponent from the previous week because they're going to – they've got to have a window of, hey, okay, who were you around the last right. Right. three, four days? So if they test – positive on Monday and they just play Saturday. Well, again, if you cut, if you look at the schedule, um, there, there's some quirks built in there with the bye weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, the teams that you're playing tend to have the same bye week as you. So again, it allows for that flexibility in the schedule if something has to be postponed to a later date. Um, so like if USC and UCLA aren't able to kick off on September 26th as scheduled, yeah. Yeah, they have the same bye week. I see that. Right. So you see where they can schedule down the road on one of those open bye weeks. Or even schedule it further down the road in December. Right. Or they're going to postpone the season till the spring. Yeah. We'll <laughs> so I think the different. first thing that they got to do is keep a close eye on how baseball is handling this. Because I just saw now the Cardinals have multiple players testing positive. 
So. <laughs> Did you see how the commissioner was handling it? <laughs> no, I, I I didn't see. I just saw right now. I've pretty much waved the finger at the players union and say, "You guys better get your shit under control." And he, he no, no bones about it. He said, "You guys aren't following protocol." Yeah. Gary Sheffield Jr. came out and said, "You know what? If players are found to be breaking protocol, suspend them for the rest of the year without pay." Mm. That's coming from a from a player. Yeah. Yeah. That's deep. <laughs> you know what? Whatever it takes to get the get the point across. Right. And that's the con- I, and that's a concern that we have we should have at this level with college kids. Yeah. I mean, they're still letting these players go home to their families after games. Yeah, that mean well. Yeah. So it's no telling. I mean, how there's only so much protocol you can you can follow when everybody else has possible exposure in your household, you know? I, I don't know. It's just I, I just feel like at some point you got to tell these players, hey, listen, the bubble works. Even if it's an abbreviated bubble, hey, we got a team hotel at home. We can schedule visiting hours and shit. I, I get it. You don't want to be treated this way, but we paying y'all $20 million a year. If you want to play, this is what we got to do to make it happen. Right. I agree with you. Look, it's it, the season has been compacted you got such a short amount of time to do right. it. In. And that's what that's the thing. Our discipline is the number one thing right now during this whole pandemic or whatever you want to call it. Um, everybody has to be disciplined from the media, the fans, the mm-hmm. players, the coaches, the families. A little bit of this. You know, and I, I like what I'm seeing from the NBA on camera. Who knows what's going on behind closed doors and off camera? But on camera, I like what I'm seeing from the NBA. They seem to have a good grip on, you know, the situation. And like I said, I just feel like the bubble helps. It it definitely does, just because you don't have those outside influences. Right. You know, you you, you mitigate. It's a controlled environment. You know, when you when you introduce outside elements to the controlled experiment, your results. I guarantee you, they can get chicken wings delivered to the bubble. Don't say that too loud. <laughs> but let's not get too far off. Williams, that. So we don't get too far off track here. Um, looking at the schedule, uh, where do you potentially see USC's first loss? First loss? Mm, first loss. All right. I know we got to put away our Homer glasses. It's hard for me because I'm such a Homer. I don't know. It's tough. I <laughs> but if if I'm not being a Homer, though, I'm going to say, honestly, you got to be careful week two. Cal is a sneaky game. Okay. You got to be careful Careful week two, you know. Jake um, is, you know, is one of the few returning quarterbacks in the league. He also has some mobility. He can make plays outside the pocket. But the difference you know, is he can throw it downfield also. Colorado is another game that that just catches my eye. We've we beat Colorado. I don't know how many years it is straight now, but they keep it close here and there. They always seem to play us again. Colorado is a program that gets the scraps from California. Yeah, yeah, well, the, that's they, they get, pretty much the Pac-12, most well, of them at least. But these are the ones with a real chip on their shoulders um, because they are. I mean, there's a few players on on this on this roster that were be- almost literally begging for USC offers, mm-hmm. and they're gonna bring it when they play against USC every single season. Yeah. But I I still honestly believe we're gonna get to the bye week unscathed. 
you know, I think, you know, those, I think those will probably be our toughest games, which is ironic for me to say, because both of those are at home. So Stanford doesn't bother you because we're, we're at Stanford. No, I just feel like right now Stanford is in a rough spot. Okay. I don't it's disagree just, with you. Just throwing yeah, it out there. I think Stanford is in a rough spot right now, and we need to take advantage of that most definitely. So I think this should be a year for us to be able to do that. Um, Arizona's going to be breaking break starters. What was that? The showdown in Oregon. Is that, is that where you think it starts? Yeah, that's definitely going to be where it starts. Now, those, those last four are going to be tough. I'm just looking at them, and I'm going to be honest. I don't see us getting out of there on a skate. One of those four, they're going to take a fall. Okay. See, I, I think by the time USC and Oregon are scheduled to play, USC's defense should have meshed by that time. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, there haven't been any injuries and we haven't lost right. any and that's, that, that's more of my concern, injuries. It just seems like when we get to those points in the season lately, we've been right. – pretty dinged up but Oregon is replacing a lot including their starting quarterback they're you know they're replacing so who looks like the better team at that point honestly uh I really like Arizona State you like Jaden Daniels I do I I I, what I like most about Arizona State is their coaching staff if I have to be 100% with you um I just feel like there's no bias there, right? No, no, no. I was I, <laughs> Herm is a guy, yeah. Of course, Herm. I mean, he's like <laughs> he's the guy when you talk about black coaches in, in in football, right? I'm just thinking he might have a cousin or a really. Oh cousin. yeah, well you know, I I know he's capable of, but I just feel like the atmosphere that surrounds him is really what is yes. gonna gonna turn him up to the next level. But and, and I just think Herm is building a connection out there, and I. He took that Arizona State job, and he's already surprised me with some of the things he's done. Uh, Jaden Daniels is definitely developing into a quality quarterback. Um, I, I'm not taking him over Slovis, I tell you that, but I think he is. Um, well, again, he, he's a playmaker. Most definitely. They, he, the Sun Devils also lost their top wide receiver. But the, uh, the, the, top the running back behind well. him, Kirby, is pretty damn good. Yes, yes. He's pretty good. But does does there okay? And here's another question: of these teams, you know, what we're dealing with right now, mm-hmm. um, who has the best depth to survive the season? Ah, yeah, and yeah. players yeah, could be question. possibly dropping out because of injury, or you know, hopefully no one's getting ill from. You know, um, it, I, all right. It's hard for me to speak on s- some of these other teams because I follow them surface. Sure, I follow them on the surface. If I can speak on USC's depth, I like to – I could go by position where we could survive. Quarterback, we can't survive. And that's the key. Quarterback, we can't survive. But, but make that – okay, but, but make the case for any other team in the conference right now. Who can survive if they lost their starting quarterback? And there's uh, a lot of new starting quarterbacks. I mean, yeah, but if you'd ask US, if you'd ask this question about USC last year, we just said the same thing. And Right, and then you get the Matt Fink moment where they – <laughs> you know, well, I'm just saying before Keaton, when when, when right. um, JT went down in the Fresno game, I I was at that game and I'm like, bro, it's over already. First game of the year, and this is what we got to deal with. This is some bull. I'll see if you would have paid attention to Scott and I during practice. I did, but I hadn't seen it for myself yet. Okay. So I didn't, I, fair point. 
So, but you know, and that, and that's to say for these other teams, I don't know what they have waiting in the wings. It might be a cat who is under the radar at this point that we don't know a lot about, but is ready to burst onto the scene. So true. Quarterback is definitely one of the positions at the top of the list where you're like, you don't want to lose that guy. Though. We know what we have behind Keaton this year, and we definitely don't want to lose that guy. Correct. Absolutely. Now, again, I look at the quarterback at Arizona. We saw him last year. He actually came in and replaced Khalil Tate during the game. Yeah. And he didn't know better. No. Um, so, again, maybe the conference is down this year. So, uh, I'm looking – again, Oregon is the flavor of the, of the month right now, so to speak. And, and the thing about Oregon, yeah, they're replacing the quarterback and some other skill players, but they, they have a really good defense. They have a solid offensive line. You know, they're always going to get guys in there. So, you know, it may not be who we – we may not know who the next guy up is, but they're going to have a guy who's going to step up and, and, and produce. In that I, think offense. They, yeah. I think they're looking defense to carry them early no. until their offense kind of – figures out who they are right right you know with Utah um they're always just a tough team you know Kyle Whittingham just has those guys ready hey, do you know who Utah's quarterback is this year no I'm not off the top of my head what I do know is that it's late in November and weather is probably going to be a factor yes yes it's definitely going to well, be cold Hopefully. so again thinking about what's going on around us talking about the health and, you know, we haven't even talked about the regular flu season. Right, because I was going to say, we still haven't got hit by this second wave, quote-unquote, of coronavirus yet. So. Right, which is which I alluded to earlier in the show about, you know, Larry anticipates a second wave. Right. So, again, why would I, – I don't know why you would have this game scheduled so late in the year. I would put this game at the front of the year. Or just move it to L.A. Try to avoid these cold weather locations late in the season. I mean, you know, Oregon State, not a lot you could do about that. You know what? Pacific Northwest teams. Like I said, the decision makers in this conference leave a lot to be desired. I mean, I I said a few shows back, if it was up to me, I'd have waited until the spring. But I think there was a lot of pressure because every other conference was ready to play (laughs) I, I think spring is a non-starter. If they're just hey, well, there's it'll so be interesting to see being... what happens though, because if they have too many postponements from not just the Pac-12 but from these other conferences, they're right. going to have to do something. This is true. So this is true. You know, because it, I think that'll have a lot of dictation to go to to say what goes on as well. If the SEC starts having outbreaks, it might affect what the Pac-12 is doing, even if they're staying clean. Who knows? It's all up in the air. Yeah, you're right. Because the SEC is probably going to break protocol and have the most outbreaks of all of them. Florida, I guarantee you. <laughs> you think Florida's going to Florida, huh? Florida. <laughs> so uh, another thing that they talked about, um, we're not coming to Vegas for the conference championship game this year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a team with the best record is going to host yeah, it. going to host it, yeah, I saw that. So I kind of like that. Um, again, looking at the schedule, there's no reason why USC shouldn't be hosting this game. I mean, you ask me, there's no reason we shouldn't host it every year if this was the scenario. But <laughs> Correct. 
But no, realistically speaking, I mean, this 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 was a year that we anticipated even before all this coming in that USC was going to be represent the Pac-12 South in the championship game. So, I mean, I have no reason to think not. Now, I did see something interesting on ESPN earlier. Uh, I didn't catch the full story about it, though, about um, Pac-12 players opting out. Did you see that? Yeah, I actually, I actually touched on this a couple of weeks ago on uscscoop.com on my Monday morass uh, column. Yeah, there's a group of Pac-12 players um, that are supposedly going to be making an announcement this Monday that they have a list of demands put together and they are going to boycott any type of football practice, any type of um, uh, participation until these demands are met or in some sort of written contract is in place. Now, is this at a specific school or are these players representing every, every school? Every school. Players rep uh, allegedly players representing every school and conference. Mm. Um, names haven't been released yet. Now, some of the things they're asking for, I, you know, we have it again. It, we have this up on uscscoop.com. You can go see the story there. Um, but, you know, every athlete has been told by the Pac-12, if you are uncomfortable performing during the pandemic, you can opt out and maintain your scholarship. There are no penalties for you not wanting to play. Yet, you've got people who want to get paid. You want six years of extra health care after college. I mean, they're, they want social justice demands. I mean, there's just a litany of things that have really nothing to do with football and doesn't really seem really real well organized. Mm -hmm. um, so it'll be interesting to see what comes of this because uh, when some of the Pac-12 teams were asked about this, you know, the coaches, they weren't even that familiar with it. And they were like, yeah, they haven't even approached us about this yet. So yeah, it, it'd be, it's just I, a real I, loose grassroots. I'd be interested movement. to see how many players are actually behind it. Um, I'm gonna, I would say you're probably going to see a list of 50 maybe. Yeah, if it's not more than 100, then it, it doesn't have a chance. Well, again, at 100, that's a slim chance. Again, it's the demands they're asking for. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're, but, but they don't have it's strength in numbers. You know, you guys and don't even the have. They're, they're, no one's asking them. Again, the Pac-12 has already told them. No one's asking right. you to do anything to put yourself in harm's way. Right. So, you know, they're only I'm sorry? I said their only option is going to be to opt out because right. their demands just won't have any leverage. Correct. So, so I guess, you know, we, we know what the new schedule is. Uh, after the press conference, there's probably a little bit, there's still more questions unanswered. Mm -hmm. um, but we know they can start on August 17th, as soon as they can start. Um, starting tomorrow, or excuse me, on Monday, uh, they can do the 20 hours a week. But again, that no, you know, there won't be any coaches with, you know, balls or anything out there. Right, right. But um, just, you can now spend 20 hours a week with the, with the squad. So that's where we're at. Slow progress. Still Big feels stuff. like no progress, though. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, the good thing is at least these athletes are back with their nutritionists. 
they're back with their, you know, weight room coaches. So they're in a controlled environment. They have organization again. So that's good for them. Regardless if they get a season or not, at least they have these things going for them again. And it's not just, you know, out in the wind for them, back at home, playing Fortnite all day. So um, we have to be hopeful, of course. But I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just – like I said, again, I'm, I'm kind of watching what Major League Baseball is doing. And I'm just saying, well, if they don't start to clean it up, I, I don't know if football has a chance to even get started. And it makes me wonder sometimes, and I hate to be the skeptic, but, you know, are there just enough players in Major League Baseball that just don't care and don't yeah, want I mean, possibly. possibly. And possibly. they're doing it on purpose, so to speak. Like I said, they if, have some if players. If it was going to happen in any sport, it would be baseball. Right. I wouldn't say that. Because they're the type of revenge. They're getting paid anyways. <laughs> right. And, and that's what's so infuriating. It's and we like, know baseball players hold a grudge. Like, they'll hit a guy, you know, 20 games later. <laughs> Joe Kelly proved that point. <laughs> right. So, any sport with it, it will be baseball. I don't think football will do it just because they seem very adamant about, you know, returning to the sport. <laughs> but – I mean, I would hope that that's not the case. I would hope that, you know, as a major league player, like you said, you're getting paid anyways. Just stay home. Just opt out. Don't come out here. Yeah, it's – it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Maybe I'm just – I'm just so jaded and so cynical right now. So I'm, I'm really hoping that the college season can start on time a second time. Yeah. And play out the season. You know, I can deal with maybe one hiccup, but let's just hope it's a hiccup and we get 10 games plus a conference championship and put our hands together and, and get a playoff as, as well at the end of the year. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Whatever, right? Keeping my fingers crossed, man. I mean. So there you go. Um, Scoop TV, Brandon and Mark talking about the schedule, the press conference, our feelings, and uh, – We'll be back with you soon. Hope you guys enjoy. Fight on. Take care.